You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. You can also email the show, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Well, your Tampa Bay Rays lost 3-1 to one last night to the New York Yankees at Tropicana Field. And Ulysses, we did it again. It happens a couple times a year where we say that a, a starting pitcher, an opposing starting pitcher, oh, we can get to him. We'll score five or six off this guy, and he deals. He's electric. He's solid. And that's what happened with Jordan Montgomery. So I, I put the, the full onus and weight of this loss on you for calling Jordan Montgomery crap. And, yes, I deserve a little bit of blame as well because I sort of agreed with you as well. But, um, yeah, Jordan Montgomery, look, you, you, it, it's hard to win a game against the Yankees when you only score run, one run. I just put it like that. And, 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 and I'll, I'll go a step further. It's usual good news if you keep the Yankees to three runs, too. Right. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it was a tough, tough loss because um, there's really nothing you can ask more of the pitching staff. I mean, the Rays bullpen in the last 17 games has an ERA of 263. I mean, what else do you want from your pitching? The pitching is not the problem. In fact, look at last night's, uh, you know, tandem little start by Patino and, and Fleming Patino. Very nice. He got to four innings. But mm-hmm. it co- co- combined those two guys, eight innings, six hits allowed, three runs, two walks. You take that every day against any opponent, especially the Yankees, especially that lineup. Um, yeah, they had two home runs, but they were solo bombs. Right. And the pass ball is regrettable, but then Zunino came back and had a redemption bomb, which is nice to see. I mean, that was a, that was tattoo. Okay. That, that Are you going, spe- speaking of tattoos, let me posit this to you. If Mike Zunino hits above the Mendoza line this year and has 20 home runs, will you get some sort of Mike Zunino tattoo? Even no. a little itty bitty Z, a little MZ <laughs> Something, a little Gator logo. I don't care. Uh-uh. Something I don't, to give onus, homage to Mike Zanino. I'm not a politician, Kevin. I don't. I do not move goalposts. You know, I, I keep them. I keep them straight and, and 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 narrow here. Okay. So I said only if it was if it would lead to a World Series of victory, then yes, I would do that. But not for a home run on game what 38 of the season. No, senor. Over the Mendoza line, 25 home runs this year. Will you do it? <laughs> no. Over the no Mendoza way. line, 30 home runs. Come on. If he hits 30 <laughs> home runs, please. And that's not including the playoffs. This is just regular season only. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't think so, bud. But uh, I am enjoying the fact that he's actually uh, hitting the ball as hard as we all wanted him to do that since 2019. That's really nice yes. to see. This is a Nino week. 
is um, is definitely extending itself past the 14 days that I that I said they would. I think we're on day 16. Right. So that that's kind of crazy. And we need that because Francisco Mejia obviously is on the IL. But um, going back to the game, really, it, you can't really do much when the offense is just asleep. And this is a problem, Kevin, because last night on the broadcast, Dwayne NBA said that the Rays actually have scored more runs than the Yankees. So it's it's right. not an actual like it, the Rays are not a mediocre offense right now or just a little bit above mediocre uh, in all 30 teams, which should be a troubling sign because as Rays fans have watched every game, they know that this offense could do way better than it's doing right now. It's a problem for all of MLB if the Rays are actually above average in creating runs. This right. is a big problem. And again, let's give credit to the Yankees. I think that Jordan Montgomery, he executed as best he could with the fastball top of the zone, outside the zone, making hitters swing above their their level there and then working the change up glove side off of that. That worked to his advantage. And I think that Boone, I will give Aaron Boone credit here on something. He took Jordan Montgomery out at the perfect time after six innings because right before that, uh, the Rays were starting to put together some loud outs, some hard hit outs contact and they just weren't able you know then they make a pitching change and go from there um yeah the rays managed just three hits on the night struck out 11 times 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position again really uh the lone bright spot offensively mike zanino with that home run what what was really you know encouraging about that was he started the at bat 0 and 2 and then lays off a, a couple off speed pitches outside the zone uh, then gets a, a sinker outside the zone, which he has to foul off. And then he gets that pitch that he can manage and hit and deposit. And he almost, quite frankly, had another home run later on against Jordan Montgomery, a changeup that he hit 382 feet, but it just doesn't, you know, maybe in another ballpark, it goes out from there. So uh, okay. hopefully he continues the the efforts with that. Uh, question. So uh, the two Yankees were hit by pitches Last night, Luke Voigt and uh, your boy Brett Gardner. Will there will, will there be retribution tonight? Do you see retribution coming in in some shape or form from the Yankees? Well, I want to say I was right. Somebody did get hit, and it wasn't a race player, so yeah. I got that going for me. There we go. Uh, no, I don't think there will be a retaliation. I think the 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 Yankees should understand that. Look, Patino and Fleming have have no horse in this race. Um, with the beanball uh, history. And right. uh, I know Luke Voigt got like, oh, all upset. And I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was Patino that, that hit it was. Voigt. And he was just like, um, why is he reacting this way? Like, it was actually a really good reaction. He, he's in BMW commercials. He's big time now. He's in boring, <laughs> yeah. boring crap BMW commercials where he doesn't say anything of substance. He's, he's, he's big time. I, I don't understand how anybody thought, you know, who should who would be a really good uh, face to, to sell yeah. uh, BMWs is the guy that looks like a 16 year old bully in the cafeteria. Yeah, um, I, I get like so. F-250s. That would make more sense. You know, yeah. Luke Voigt seems Not better a, yeah. in, a, in a huge souped up truck, but right you know, a speedy BMW. I'm not so sure about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, did you listen to. Last thing on the game, because there's not really much more to, to take away from this. Did you listen to the ESPN broadcast or the uh, Bally Sports edition? Bally Sports all the way, baby. You know, okay. I, I cannot get away from my Dwayne NBA. I will say I checked into the ESPN broadcast and they were good. They surprised were me. Were they? 
Yeah, yeah they who had was, who was on the call. Uh, they had Kirchin on there, uh, who I could fit in my palm of my hand. He's so small. Uh, Eduardo <laughs> Perez and Kirchin always entertaining. Just, yes, yes, peppering Eduardo Perez with questions and him answering very succinctly. I'm not sure who the play-by-play guy was, but he was good. They gave a lot of love and a lot. I mean, a lot of raised discussion and a lot of fair discussion. In fact, it seemed like. Uh, when I was listening anyway, they were more focused on, you know, what the Rays were doing as opposed to the Yankees and some of the cool uh, the pitching changes and what they do defensively and a lot of praising of, of Mike Zanino. And uh, I, you know, really, I, we don't credit ESPN often, but this was a point where uh, I, I, I'll give them a little uh, pat on the back for what they did. I, again, I didn't listen to the entire game, but uh, I, I don't know if I heard any Tropicana Field stadium relocation talk. That might have happened early on. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. look, give, give ESPN a little bit credit. Whenever Eduardo Perez is on the broadcast, he can, he can uplift a broadcast and make it better. Dan Schulman yeah, as well. I, I don't know if he was on the call, but whenever he's involved in a baseball broadcast, he does a good job. Two good, two good guys uh, in baseball to, to kind of, you know, get some information on, obviously. But, uh, yeah, Perez is uh, – I do like the fact that he actually does his homework and he's not yeah. just going to throw, you know, lame adjectives like pesky and resilient uh, for, for the Rays and, and talk about attendance, like, you know, get a little bit more in depth the, the Rays have plenty of things to talk about without falling into those cliches that everybody has heard of. Uh, you know, if you're a casual MLB fan, you already know the casual comments. So don't do those get a little bit deeper. And that's nice that Perez did that yesterday. Are you talking about A-Rod, Joe Girardi, Buck <laughs> Martinez? You, you know, with? the funny thing What's is going on? A-Rod used to be a good commentator. I know I'm, I'm putting my foot in my mouth. I know some people are going uh-huh. to disagree with me, but when he started, he actually gave in-depth knowledge. I don't know what happened to him in the last few years, but when he began, he actually gave succinct answers and, and it seemed like he was doing his, his research, but I don't know what happened. Big time, J-Lo, I don't know. You pick. J-Lo happened, trying to buy a sports team, a lot of distractions, a lot of things come into play with that. Uh, Have you guys heard about sports trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. It's amazing. Sports trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like Robin Hood for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like real stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports and they just added baseball to the platform so you can check that out as well for more of the details simply go to sportstrade.com watch the how it works video and then sign up to get started again sign up today at sportstrade.com discover the fun exciting and profitable new world of sports trading Built Bar is the greatest, most delicious tasting protein bar on the planet. So many different flavors like coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's a little bit of something for everyone. You can't get bored with any of the Built Bar flavors. That's for sure. And not only are they best tasting, the best tasting protein bars out there on the market, but uh, most of the flavors have something along the lines of 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, and just four grams net carbs. We know you're trying to get that summer body, trying to look good. So what better way to do that than with Built Bar? Go to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D, the numerals 1-5, and that'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15. 
for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Well, Ulysses, it has happened. Yoshi Satsugo has been designated for assignment that happened yesterday afternoon. Initial reaction to the news and report. Uh, ultimately, I they gave him a longer leash than I thought they would. I thought that I was being conservative by saying they're, they're going to give him all of April. Right. Um, and they didn't. They gave him more than that. They gave him 10, 10 more days or so uh, in May. It's unfortunate, man. Uh, I really wanted this to work out. I think most race fans wanted this to work out. Uh, you know, if you want to grow the game, what better way to do that than for a small market team to take a chance on a slugger from all across the globe yeah. in Japan and try to market him and his skills uh, in MLB and then therefore you know grow Tampa Bay Rays fandom in Japan that that is an actual thing that can happen and and I thought it was going to be uh, a really great partnership it didn't happen I just don't know what happened with his production because right you know it, at least last year the, the the power was still there L- let's not forget he had eight home runs in less than 60 games played okay L- without getting normal starts every day he hit eight bombs he was tied for second in in the team lead last year for, for with eight home runs right that you extrapolate that you can see this guy has some pop in a month and maybe, okay, five weeks or so of, of playing time, he had zero this year. Just something happened. I think Honestly, I think it's an, an Alvarado thing. It's a mental thing that yeah. uh, he couldn't just get away from, and that's something that you have to understand. These guys are humans. These, these guys are not the machines you play MLB the show with, and uh, they have feelings, they have fears, they have um, anxiety, and I think all of that you know, kind of conglomerated into the production that we saw on the field. Yeah. What's interesting is like last year, you know, the, the traditional numbers didn't look great, but you did see some good signs with the walk rate and the power and so forth. But this year it just really snowballed. And if you look at all the underlying statistics, I mean, the fact that of course batting 167, 462 OPS, um, but his, his strikeout percentage, his chase rate, his, his barrel percentage, all those things were not good uh, and, mm-hmm. and worse than than last season. And maybe, like you say, maybe it's something where he's pressing a little bit and trying to do a little bit too much. I mean, it's just, yeah, like you said, it's really, really unfortunate. And I go back to the, the press conference, the original press conference back in, what, 2019, where there was so much hoopla and fair, uh, yeah. fanfare and, and so much about – uh, the signing of Yoshi Satsugo, and turns out that uh, it didn't really work out. And I think there's a lot of other factors as well. But, um, you know, let's go ahead and get to some listener comments here. Uh, first, an email from Brian Stark. Uh, he says, do you see Yoshi continuing his career in the States, either with the Rays and the Miners or with another team? Or do you see him requesting a release to go back to Japan? Fair question. I think that's that's the number one right now uh, in Yoshi's mind and Yoshi's agents and probably Yoshi's family too. Uh, I I would I wouldn't oppose. Again, this guy has put up numbers in a good league. It's not it's not you know 
he's not playing in Italy. Okay. He's not playing in right. Netherlands. He's not playing in Israel. Okay. He's playing in Japan. Okay. So he, for 10 years, captain slugger, we can see that there are peripherals there, at least last year that he could produce. I would rather him keep his major league dream alive with the Rays in the right. AAA or the alternate side, whatever they decide. Um, because I really don't think anybody's going, I think he's owed like almost $6 million for, for yeah. this season or five. Well, I think the Rays would have change. to eat that. And then the, whichever team would claim him, league they would minimum. just pay the, the league minimum. But even then, I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze for another team to have to go through right. the hoops to bring him in and get him acclimated to the clubhouse and trying to wait, uh, trying to find a way to work playing time for him and dealing with his handlers. I just think it's, it's too much. Like if you're not going to bring in Albert Pujols, then why would you go through the efforts of bringing in Yoshi Satsugo at that point? So really I only see two options for Yoshi. It's, it's to stick it out in Durham or go back to Japan and see if you can land with another team, which I'm sure he would be. Look, we hear about how uh, he, he's prideful and professional and gracious. Well, what better way to show that than to stick it out, stick out yeah. with your, your contract and uh, take that minor league assignment and see if you can get back on track instead of just giving up wholly entirely. Then after the season, totally understandable if he wants to go back to Japan. But guys get... Keston Hira just got sent down. Guys get sent down. Who knows? Maybe this this could be a wake-up call for guys like Brandon Lau. Like, get your crap together. Because, well, yeah. you know, even if you've got money coming to you, uh, that doesn't mean you're devoid of, of not being designated for assignment, but being, uh, you know, demoted. sent down to get some, yeah, demoted to get some reps. So, Well, I, I agree with you. Those are the only two options. Either he sticks it in an alternate side in AAA, or he does go back to Japan. But... Going back to Brendan Lau, how could this affect Brendan Lau and the and the Willie Adamas of the world? I was talking on Twitter yesterday with uh, Nick Lebrico, and my, my my question was simple: It was how long is Willie's leash? I mean, I, I said that joke a, a, a week ago. Like it seems right. like it's buy one get one with Willie Adamas, but really, he strikes out at least two times every game. It's, it seems like so he's missing big too. Not even close to some of the some of the swings close. against Jordan Montgomery. Come on. I mean, ball, balls that could have hit his chin if he was a little, if he was yeah. leaning in. So, how long is that leash? Nick says, you know, oh, you know, when Vidal and 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 Wander are just tearing it off. But you know, the Rays, you know, that they're not going to just put up Wander and Vidal in, in May. They're going to wait for that Super Two deadline, which will be what mid June, maybe even July. So right. that is as long a, a leash that Willie has until July. That 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 cannot happen in a team that wants to go to the playoffs. You can't have a guy getting regular at bats and have a 60 WRC plus and on 170 average and two bombs getting routine at bats. You just cannot. If you're the Detroit Tigers, go nuts. If you're the Kansas City Royals, go at it. Pittsburgh yeah. Pirates, be my guest. Not the Tampa Bay Rays. I will say, though, again, I think they do value what he does defensively. I think we'll, we'll see what happens with all that. It's just unfortunate about Sensuga the fact that I think the other thing, too, is maybe the increased speed of the game maybe plays a little bit of a role and you, you get a little bit hesitant. Not only just we know he's had trouble with fastball velocity, but just gets things get a little bit faster and that makes it tough. I mean, you know, look at Kevin Padlow. Actually, Kevin Padlow uh, did well defensively yesterday making yeah. catches in foul territory and then snagging um, some tough plays to him at third like 
when, when Giancarlo Stanton hits a ball like that, like in, in Japan, let, let's be frank. I don't know if you're seeing the exit velocity numbers that Giancarlo Stanton is putting out there or some other guys putting out here. So, so even when you're playing first base, that can be, you know, a guy you, you don't look as good or look as smooth because the game's so much faster. At least that, that's what I gather from that. Well, I mean, just physics, right, can, can tell you this. If there are stronger, you know, fastballs, faster fastball, four-seamers, two-sinkers with more effect, with more of that velo coming out of a pitcher's hands, then the result of hitting that with the ball, the exit velocity is going to increase. Um, so it's, it's, it's a shame. Honestly, it's a shame. Yeah. I really wanted this to work out, and, and it didn't. But hopefully, honestly – my opinion, I really do wish that uh, he does stick it out in, in Durham or, or alternate site and can make his way back. Look, injuries are, are, are a thing uh, you yeah. know, in every team. And sometimes you're going to need some guy to you know get a couple of bats. And I wouldn't mind giving those to Yoshi if he is able to work out some kinks yeah. in AAA. And again, that, that's the thing with AAA. You got to have him play every day to get and get those reps, get that regular playing time. So important. It's just, it just kind of stinks that the fact that 13 players on the Rays injured list, they still can't find a spot for the, the second highest paid player on the team there. So uh, some other comments here on Twitter, Thomas Lane says swing in a huge miss for the front office. They gave him more than enough time to prove himself, but he just never seemed comfortable. Wish him the best though. Uh, Brenna Mills says bummed for him and was rooting for him, but it was time to cut the cord. I hope this doesn't discourage the Rays front office from taking a risk and spending some money going forward. Good point. You hope that this isn't the thing. Well, we're definitely not spending money on free agents right. anymore. And I don't think, you know, it, it's not like it was a five year, $120 million contract in the grand scheme of things. It wasn't a huge, huge amount of money and it wasn't a, a super long-term deal or anything like that probably felt like that for Stu. He was like two years, $12 million. Yeah. What are we in? What are we, the New York Yankees? This is ridiculous. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, Joshua Garner uh, says it all. The winner of the Pat Burrell award goes to Yoshi. Uh, at least Pat Burrell hit above the Mendoza line, something Yoshi Satsugo didn't do. You know, Pat Burrell in his first season with the Rays, he did hit like 220, 14 home runs, drove in 60 guys. Uh, in 120 games or so. So at least, you know, it, it wasn't quite what he did in Philadelphia, but he was uh, better than Yoshi. No, no, a little. no, don't, 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 don't give props to Pat Burrell. Okay. Like Mark okay. Topkins said, Pat Burrell was uncomfortable in the DH role and he made un others uncomfortable in the clubhouse. So there that is go. true. Yeah. Uh, I think, Yoshi probably just kept to himself, went, went about his business and so forth. So that, that is true. Uh, and I guess Pat Burrell got a little bit more money too. Wasn't it uh, two years, 16 oh. mil? Although when so you yeah, add it exactly. in the posting fee and you know, the travel arrangements and, and everything like that, it's the handlers and all that pretty stuff. Pretty much yeah, the same. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Quinlan Deegan says if the whole team was hitting better or if there wasn't so much talent in Durham, maybe you give him another month to break out. The Nate Lowe decision looks worse all the time. Uh, yeah. Nate Lowe's doing really good and you, you wish you could have Nate Lowe in this situation. Um, but again, we'll see what G man Choi does. And I, I look, I know it's prospects or lottery tickets and so forth, but there's a lot, a lot, a lot of love for Heriberto Hernandez in the minor leagues. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait on that investment, but it might be one of those deals where, you know, it works out for both sides in the end, just uh, maybe not right now at the moment for the race. So, uh, okay. Uh, we have, like we promised this week, part two of our conversation with 
Rays prospect and 2015 first round pick Garrett Whitley. We'll have that to you. But first, we've got to tell you about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information as well. Again, head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Going from high school to pro ball immediately, and now you've been uh, playing professional baseball for a while now. Um, for you, what do you think has been maybe the biggest challenge of making that such a large jump and transition from from high school to pro ball just like that? Um, for me, I feel like the biggest challenge was, I guess, kind of staying myself, especially at first, because um, when I got when I got here. Uh, like I said, it was also new. And so it felt really big to me. Um, so I, I would kind of get away from doing what I did to get myself there. And obviously when you get away from being yourself, you don't perform as well. And then the stress of not performing well adds up and it's, it's snowballs. So really just trying to be myself through everything and understand that like, yes, these coaches are here. Yes. Like, they know what they're talking about and they're trying to get you better. But like what they can do is tweak and adjust what I already am. And like, I shouldn't get away from being me. Um, and that was a big thing, but I mean, on top of that, it's just like I said, like it was a, it's just a big difference. It's a different game here than it was playing in high school. Um, there's a lot more that goes into it. So it was just learning. It was a pretty steep learning curve at first. You know, talking about coaches and what they can tweak, the Rays are actually known, obviously, as a, as a pioneering in the analytical world in baseball and all the stats that they can um, help their own players. So as a, as a baseball player, how, how, how does that transition happen from the data, the charts from the front office get fed into the baseball players? Is it, hey, look at this chart, look at this launch angle, look at all these spin rates and all that? Or is it like, look, if you adjust your hands a little bit more, or if you open up your stance, then the, the launch angle will come. Like, how do they make the analytical uh, be understood by baseball players in, in an easy, digestible way that it's not, you know, an, a, a statistical class? Yeah, um, I think every ball player looks at it differently. Like, some guys really like to look at the numbers, and they can they can visualize that in their head and be like, I want this more angle. I want this and that. Some guys need more of a because we're all we're all trying to do the same thing, but some guys need to be to be related to them more. Like you said, like maybe let's try lowering your hands or opening up. Let's wide let's widen your feet, narrow things, um, and then the launch angle will come. Like the bat speed will go up. These things, and that's kind of how I look at it personally. Like I can only speak for myself, so I like to look at the numbers, but I like to look at them after I'm doing something. Like if I make a change. I want to see how it affected my numbers, but I'm not thinking about them 
while I'm doing that. And I think the Rays do a pretty good job of having a good mix of coaches who will talk about it analytically and talk about the numbers versus talk about it mechanically or approach-wise or that sort of thing. And, and talking about numbers, in, in the clubhouse, are guys still talking, you know, the the numbers we all grew up around, uh, you know, the, the, the more digestible ones, or has that changed in, in, throughout your baseball career where guys are, you know, throwing WRC plus in, in the clubhouse, like it's nothing. And, and launching was like, how has that evolution of, of the baseball lexicon uh, changed in, in, in your own clubhouses? I would say among ball players, it's mostly the more traditional ones. Um, guys are definitely starting to care less about batting average. Um, it's more OPS and, um, like how many doubles you hit and that sort of thing. Um, I don't even know what WRC plus means. (laughs) (laughs) Weighted runs created plus, I guess is what there's always a new thing coming out. Like it's kind of the point where I don't, it's just like letters and numbers and it's like Elon (laughs) Musk is creating these things. Yeah, man, I'll be reading stuff and they, they're talking about these numbers. They're saying this guy's off the charts on this, or he's got a 150, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I don't even know if that's good or not. I have to look it up. So (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah, we, we more look at just um, I even try to simplify things even more than that and just think about how many balls did I hit hard today okay right because okay. that's really all that you can control that's true that's a good point there and um, Garrett kind of going back a little bit and you've been in pro ball now for a while and that, that transition from high school to now pro ball and over the years, what do you think, or where do you think you've made maybe the biggest strides in your development and in your game? Is it just simply getting stronger? Is it defensively? Is it plate discipline, uh, raw power con? I mean, what do you kind of see as, okay, I've really, man, I've, I've shored this up since, uh, since when I first got into pro ball. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that overall as a ball player, I'm better in every facet of the game i mean i would hope i would hope so (laughs) yeah but but if we're talking like very biggest jump i think that my like my arm my throwing arm is a lot better now than it was um i feel a lot more confident in it um it's stronger and more accurate uh but then it's a lot of other things like um just i mean i always felt good in the outfit i always felt good running balls down but now i get to a lot more stuff than i used to um, I feel better stealing bases. I feel better like base running and, and that sort of thing. My uh, approach at the plate is definitely more professional now. Um, so I, I look at my game in a lot of ways and I can see big jumps. But if you're just talking like the biggest number one thing, it's I think it's say my throwing arm. You talk about base running and, and being on the base paths. Obviously, we, we've seen how baseball has kind of avoided that part of the game, uh, you know, in, in, on the bases. You are a very athletic player and you have those skills. Now, is, is that uh, how, how does that feel being in a world where you can do something really well, but the whole industry is kind of shifting away from that? Is, is, is that difficult to still kind of develop that skill set for you? Um, well, we like to run like as a team, like the Rays, we like to run. Um, so (laughs) I, (laughs) I feel pretty good in that sense. Like, uh, I can run like, especially my manager here, um, Mo Morgan Ensberg loves to run. 
So, good. Um, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we'll be aggressive on the base pass and, um, it gives me an opportunity to like show off that speed and, and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I don't know about the rest of baseball, but I know what it's like here and they definitely support it. It feels good. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, when you have athletic guys like yourself and Wander Franco and Vito Brujan and Xavier Edwards and all these guys, like why not utilize that skill set to the max and really put pressure on opposing defenses and pitchers and so forth. Um, so Garrett, you mentioned, you know, kind of your, the throwing arm improved and really everything from your standpoint has improved. Um, where you play defensively, are they moving you around? Are you playing left, center, right? Or have they, you know, put you in, in kind of one spot? What's kind of the plan with uh, you as far as the outfield goes this year? Um, yeah, I play all three. Uh, okay. I'll always I'll always think about myself as a center fielder first. Um, but I, they want us to be able to play all three because when you get to the big leagues, you never know which one you'll be in. So they want us to be comfortable everywhere. Okay. Understood. And uh, kind of going back a little bit, uh, you mentioned that of course, being a Red Sox fan, watching Manny Ramirez and David Ortiz and all these other guys, but is there a particular ball player, maybe not necessarily with the Red Sox, but just growing up watching baseball and through your development, um, a guy that you kind of modeled your game or playing style after or that you kind of revered in that sense of, because you do have that rare ability of power speed and, arm strength, a lot of different things with that. So I didn't know if there's a couple a player or a couple players that you look at, like, I'd like to try to be in the model of this guy. Um, yeah, honestly, I never did. I always, okay. I wanted to be Garrett Whitley first. Um, I had guys, obviously I have guys who I admire um, growing up. Like, I mean, you can't look at Mike Trout and not want to be Mike right. Trout. Or um, <laughs> I was a big Andrew McCutcheon guy growing up too. Um, and I can see similarities in to my game in there has been talking about speed and power, that type of thing and defense. Um, but yeah, no, I, I didn't really ever try to be anyone else other than when I'm playing with the ball in the backyard, but when I stepped <laughs> in the plate <laughs> when right. I stepped to the plate in a real game, I was just trying to beat me. For sure. And so this year, 2021 starting at double a Montgomery and played a handful of games already. What's kind of, do you have some big overarching goals or, or focuses on improvement? Like what do you hope to most accomplish this year? If there's maybe one thing or a couple of things you're looking at. Um, yeah, I want to make more contact. Um, mm -hmm. Like last year, I really struggled in that sense. Um, I didn't really feel like myself at the plate for a lot of last year. And I was swinging through a lot of fastballs that I, I don't miss. Um, so that was a big focus in my off season was um, just squaring up more balls and getting back to, like I said um, earlier, like getting back to being Garrett Whitley, being me. Um, so that's definitely my, my big focus right now because I feel like I cut down on the swing and miss, like bat speed's there, the power is there, all those numbers will go up, the batting average will go up and um, I'll be in a good position. Okay, that was part two of our interview with Garrett Whitley. Part three will run tomorrow. That wraps up this edition of the Locked on Rays podcast. Now to your smart device to play the most recent episodes of the Locked on MLB and Locked on Today podcast. Two great podcasts you should check out as well. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we'll talk to you on Thursday.